you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on, somebody entertain what's in the building right now. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. Someone worship Him with all of your might this morning. Someone exalt Him. Someone magnify Him. Someone praise Him because He's excellent. Someone praise Him because He's worthy. Someone praise Him in the building right now. Have you come expecting something this morning? You should lift your hands and receive it right now. Someone lift your hands and receive it today. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. There is deliverance. There is breakthrough. There is healing. There is restoration in the building. If you come needing a miracle, your miracle is here this morning. We've been in prayer meetings all week. We have heaven's attention. And heaven has had us here this morning. And there's no telling what's going to happen in this building today. Chains are going to be loosed off your life this morning. Depression is going to be loosed off your life this morning. There is such a sweet presence of the Lord that is in this building today. I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly in this room. One more time, would you lift your hands and entertain the Spirit of God that has moved among us. Come on, someone lift your voice and entertain that.
There is prophetic vision in this house that's about to come to life this morning. Father, we worship you. I do not take it lightly to be here with you today. This church is something that I cherish so deeply. And I'm so honored to be a part with the body of Christ this morning. And I give each and every one of you honor today for being here. Because without you, we wouldn't have a church. And I give you honor. I give honor to my pastor, my dad and my mom, my Uncle Danny, my Aunt Cheryl, and my other Uncle Brandon and my Aunt Ashley. CLC, we have the greatest ministry team in the whole world. give them such honor because any one of them could get up here and they could preach circles around me and I don't take this lightly and I thank you. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 18 verses 36 through 40. 1 Kings chapter 18 verses 36 through 40. And then we will read 1 Kings 19, 1 through 7. I love the worship of our youth here. Half of you didn't say amen because you leave them alone up in the altar when they're worshiping. Worship is necessary. If all you can do is lift your hands, then my goodness, lift your hands or something. He's been too good. Maybe he hasn't. Youth, I give you honor today. Thank you for your worship in the service. Wonderful. First Kings chapter 18, verses 36 through 40. But the people held their peace. And answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was, Say and answer him not. Then came Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household hey, Pastor, of Shephna. You got the wrong scripture. <laughs> I'm in Second Kings. Second Kings, yeah, that's a. I'm looking at my notes saying, uh oh, I gotta make a sermon out of this now. <laughs> Pastor, 1 Kings is before 2 Kings. I didn't know if you knew the number, the correlation there. God's good, amen. He's good all the time. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 36 through 40. Pastor, you got it over there? Danny got it for me. Ah. <laughs> my, my Bible pages are stuck together. <laughs> and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice 
that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slew them there. Now, 1 Kings chapter 19, and verse number 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain the prophets with the sword. Mm-hmm. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose. Say, he arose. He arose and went for his life. And went for his life. And came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. He said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. In the last verse. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Are you thankful for God's word this morning? Would you clap your hands in honor of the word? Thank you, Jesus. I want to preach this morning on this topic, hidden prophets. Hidden prophets. Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voice right now and would you just honor God right now for his word and for him showing up in this building father by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name Jesus I loose the gift of faith in this room right now 
I in the Akora Shandara Mahaya. I rebuke Jezebel in this room in the name of Jesus. I lose freedom and I rebuke the spirit of fear that is in this building in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Loose my tongue to speak in the Holy Ghost and let your will be done and I will give you praise for all that you do this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name. One more time, put your hands together and lift your voice as loud as you can. Come on, someone lift your voice in the building right now. My Lord, don't look at me taking my jacket off. Put your hands together one more time. Before you're seated, look at someone and say, it's about to go down. You may be seated if you will help me preach. If not, don't, so I know who you are. We can talk about it later. Satan would love it if he could silence the people of God who are called to have a voice against his agenda. If the church is silent, then hell's kingdom is moving forward. Sinful and wicked agendas, the world we see today pushes on everybody. But if the church pushes our agenda, we are labeled hypocrites and pushy. If we say one word, about anything about living right and living holy, living separate. We are then labeled hypocrites by this generation. I find it so interesting that men dressed like women are seen natural. And they can go within our government-funded buildings, and they can read amongst our children. But if we walk in with our Bibles, if we walk in with the Word of God, that's no longer allowed. We can't say anything about the Word and the Bible, but men dressed like women can go in, and they can have their own agendas being pushed That's how the Antichrist wants to silence the church. The agenda of hell has remained the same for thousands of years. In 1 Kings, Satan desired to chop off and to kill all of the prophets of God who would stand up against his agenda. I'm having a little ring in my mic. If we could possibly get that worked out, I sound horrible as it is. In Exodus, Satan tried to kill all of the children 
to try to cut off Moses before he was ever born, who would lead the children of Israel out of captivity. In Matthew, Satan desired to kill all of the male children, to cut off Jesus before he would tear hell's kingdom down on a cross. And in the year of 2020, Satan desires to silence and to destroy the people of God by killing our babies, by influencing restrictions on churches that should not be there because he wants to hinder us and to cut us off before we see unprecedented revival. But I've come to serve the dead on notice today that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. He can try whatever he wants to today, but we're going to press forward. We're going to see revival. Nothing can hinder us today. In our text, we read about a woman named Jezebel. I'm sure many of you have heard of her. Jezebel is the wife of Ahab, the king over Israel. You see, Jezebel was not just your average woman. But Jezebel was a deceiver. Jezebel was a liar. Jezebel was a manipulator. You see, Jezebel hated the God of the Hebrews because she served a God called Baal. And she made it her agenda to murder anyone who opposed her beliefs. My, it sounds like the world we're living in today. She was a wicked woman. The queen over Israel, God's people. You see, young people, that's why it's, you need to be sure who you marry. That's called unequally yoked. Can I get some help today? Where are my parents at in this place? You should find your love in the church, not out of the church. Everything you need is in the church. You don't need the world. They don't hold the same ethics. They don't hold the same. This ministry team believes in you. Don't cut yourself short by finding someone out of the church. A wicked queen, and, and Jezebel made it her goal in, in the text that I read today that she was going to kill anyone who believed in Jehovah. You see, it records that she cut off. I will not get into detail about that, but you can use your own head. To cut off all of the prophets of God. 
And it says that there were 100 prophets that was placed into hiding because they feared their life. But there was one prophet. His name was Elijah. And he didn't go into hiding. He wasn't worried about no devil. He wasn't worried about no false god. He knows who Jehovah is. He's the real God. He's the Almighty. There's no one like him. He's the I am that I am. And beside him, there's no other. He was raised on those texts. He wasn't afraid of Baal. So all these guys going to hiding, and here you have Elijah. I see him being a big man, a macho man. Bring it on. And Elijah was the only prophet in Israel who did not run in hiding out of fear at this time. You see, what happened was Elijah walked up into all of the men who served Baal, the prophets of Baal, the messengers of this false putrid God. And he says, I'll tell you what, let's have a contest today. I want you to build an altar. I want you to call unto your gods and see if they call fire down from heaven. I could see their eyes being like, you're crazy, dude. And he says, and then when you're done, I'll build mine. And I will build my altar and I will call to my God and let the God who answers by fire be the God. So Baal builds this altar and for hours they run and they dance and cut themselves and yell to this God that, can't even hear him because he's not real. And it says that Elijah began to laugh at them and to mock at them and to say, maybe he's on vacation. And once they realized that their God wasn't going to answer, Elijah said, My turn. You see, Israel was in a drought at the time. It hadn't rained for years. And the first thing Elijah does is says, hey, go get me two bales of water. He asked for water in the middle of a drought. Do you know how sacred water is when you don't have any? And they're saying, they're going, oh, he's going to waste the water. Okay, I'll do what he says. And they run and get in the water, and he dumps the water on the altar. Have you, now, Zach, you know, me and you have had a lot of fires. We have. Halfway burned down my papa's house a couple times. We don't talk about that. Bless you, papa. You're a trooper of God. 
(laughs) You can't start a fire in water. You think it's common sense. So he dumps the water. And he gets 27 words into a prayer meeting. And all of the sudden, fire fell from heaven and consumed his altar. Because our God is the God. And beside him there is no other. There's one that sits on the throne. Not three, not two, not seven, not 15, not 9,320. One. Are you thankful for the truth this morning? Be seated or we're not going to get out of here till 2.30. I got a lot of preaching to do, Brother Jeremy. Help me, Jesus. So then the prophets of Baal, they run, and Elijah says, okay, don't let them run. We're going to kill them where they are. Very gruesome. I don't know why. Then all of a sudden Ahab, because you see, Ahab wasn't the real king of Israel. Jezebel was the king. I mean, it was what it was. Lord, help Ahab. His wife's not submitted. So he runs to Ahab and says, Ahab runs to Jezebel and he says, she says, you won't believe what just happened. Elijah called fire from heaven. I've never seen anything like it. He, he did this and then, oh yeah, he killed all the prophets. And Jezebel gets a messenger ready. And sends him to say, if I don't kill you by tomorrow, in the same way that you killed the prophets, may the gods do to me even more. You see, Elijah had no issue being confrontational with the wickedness and the false doctrine of Baal. Until Jezebel gets in his ear. Jezebel sends a messenger. Elijah hears the message. And this mighty man, this mighty prophet of God, the one who called fire down from heaven, the one who killed all the prophets of Baal, all of the sudden, He's running for his life. And he runs into the wilderness. Leaves his messenger in the city. And runs in the wilderness. Lays under a juniper tree. And begs God to take his life. God just showed himself mighty to him. But one word, one lie from Jezebel sends him running for his life. (laughs) You see, Jezebel 
is known to be a liar. And I know that I know that the same demonic Jezebel spirit is in the world today. You see, the largest target on you that the devil wants to attack, listen to this, is your mind. Because if the devil can get inside of your head, he knows it's his greatest chance at defeating you. Because God won't lead you. Because you hear the voice of the enemy. You have a bullseye today. On the thing in between your ears. He knows. If he can get fear. If he can get fear inside of your mind, that fear will begin to control your life, control your thoughts, control where you walk, control how you talk. Come on, somebody. I'm speaking the truth today. He wants to get fear inside of the people of God. If you let me today, let me get into my launching pad. Is that okay? Look at your neighbor and say, just hold on a minute. Wait with him. Look at him. Hold on just a minute. Wait with him. He's getting somewhere. Fear. We all deal with it. Fear is interesting because from the time we're a child, we, we deal with fear. We deal with separation anxiety as children. We do, and some of you adults are like this now. I'm still praying for you. Some of us are afraid of the dark. But as a child, we... We develop fears. For me, I'm afraid of heights. I've always been afraid of heights, and it's not going to change. I'm in the wrong business. I climb up the ladder so Danny doesn't have to. Oh, maybe I lied on that one. But fear is a threatening spirit. It's very vocal. Why are we afraid of the dark? Well, duh, the monsters are in the closet. Dylan, why are you afraid of heights? Um, don't want to fall to my death. I'm only 21. I got a long life ahead of me. But it's very vocal. I, for me, Brother Danny, when I climb a ladder... The only thing going through my head is, oh, God, I'm going to fall, and I'm going to die. And then Kayla's going to have to live without me. She could do it anyway, and she might. But she has to have me in my head. <laughs> I'm going to die. 
I remember being a kid, dad, being horrified of the dark. And I remember laying at night. I learned how to sleep with my eyes open. Watching for every shadow in the room. Thinking that the boogeyman was going to come and get me in my sleep. And the only thing running through my head is, if I close my eyes, something's going to grab my feet and take me down to Davy Jones' locker. I don't want to go. It's a vocal spirit. We all deal with fear. I, st- I deal with fear now. I'm afraid of heights. I'm sure many of you do. We all deal with it. You know that you're dealing with fear. When you hear a small voice in your mind that tells you since your grandmother and your mother died of cancer that you too are going to die of cancer. You know that you're dealing with fear when you hear something in your head saying, my dad was, was an alcoholic and an abusive man and what if that's going to be me? When you hear those voices, you know that you're dealing with fear. When you hear the voice saying, I can't go to church. I'm going to get the Rona. All I'm going to do is go to Walmart, go to the gas station, go to Texas Roadhouse. But I can't go to church because I'm limiting my exposure. I'm talking about fear this morning. But listen to this. All fear has in its weaponry, it doesn't have M16s, doesn't have a baseball bat, it has a voice because it's all it has. I'm going to say that again so it really gets in your spirit. All fear has a voice. It has no power. So when hell comes to attack you, and he will tell lies in your ear, and he'll tell you how he's going to take your life, and when things happen, He will take the credit for something he did not ever have his hands in. And he will try to get you to believe that he has all of the strength and all of this power 
that he will overcome you with his voice. But I've come to tell someone today, if the devil could kill you, you wouldn't be sitting in this building right now. He can't kill you. He's a liar and the father of all lies. He has no power over you because Jesus took his keys on Calvary. Someone need to lift your hands right now and overcome fear in your life. We won't be controlled by that spirit anymore. There's freedom in the Holy Ghost. Lift your hand if you have the Holy Ghost today. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is. There are chains. There is bondage. There is fear. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is Liberty, there is freedom. You can be set free from fear in this building today by the Holy Ghost. Someone lift your voice and say, I'm free. Say, I'm free. Then act like you're free. Dance like you're free. Shout like you're free this morning. 50% of the church is free. What about the rest of you? You should act like you're free this morning. So the next time that Satan tries to paralyze you with fear, why don't we call him by his name? His name is liar. His name is deceiver. His name is manipulator. And he has no power. He has no power. Well, brother, why do you say that? Then how come I'm sick all the time? And how come I'm depressed all the time? Well, I know that the Bible says that Jesus defeated him on Calvary. And when he went to hell, he took his keys away from him. So what else does he have? The devil is the prince of the power of the air. No, I'm not saying that he's in your car tire. I'm not saying he's in your basketball. 
I want everyone in the room just to do this. Some of you need some breath mints. You see, when words come out of our mouth, what pushes the words is air. There's a reason that it doesn't say that he is the king of the power of the air. Kings own the land. But princes inherit the land. They inherit the kingdom. So when it says that the devil is the prince of the power of the air, it means he inherits what comes out of your mouth if it's not godly. Oh, pastor, I'm depressed. You're right. Because he's inheriting those words. We need to replace today our fear vocabulary with faith vocabulary. I know you feel depressed, but you should say out of your mouth, I'm not depressed. I'm coming out of it. I'm okay. I'm not sick. I'm healed. We got to replace fear with faith in this building today. Mom, it is not the will of God for us to live in fear. Not the will of God. I know you have cancer, but it's not the will for me to live fearful of your life. Some of you, the doctors have given a bad report. But it's not the will of God to live in fear. Of what the words of man say. I know that COVID-19 is real. And I believe in taking precaution. But it's not the will of God. For us to live in fear. Of this disease. You got to know that Satan wants so badly to destroy you. 
But it's not the will of God for you to live in fear of a defeated devil. First Timothy 1.7 says, For he hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Your fear is not of God, but your power over fear is of God. I'm just going to be honest about it. I got my boxing gloves on today. Any devil coming by me, I'm a Mike Tyson him in the jaw. I'm not afraid of the devil one bit. When I was in the hospital three years ago, I was still not afraid of the devil. Because the devil has no power. In the book of Job, God asks, Satan, when he's looking for someone to attack, he said, Have, hast thou considered my servant Job? No one like him. I dare you. And this is what he said. Well, I have considered, but you know good and well. That I can't do anything. Because your hedge is around him. Your wall is around him. But if you will lift it. And allow me to touch his health. And take away. His stuff, he's going to curse you to your face. Do you remember when I said that Satan is a deceiver? Notice his words there. If you will let me touch him. If Satan could have touched him, he would have already touched him. But he couldn't touch him because he has no power. So when I'm sick in the hospital, thinking I am fighting for my life, and I think, oh, the devil is after me today. No, sir. No, ma'am. It was of God, and I came out stronger than I was when I went in. Satan did not put me in the hospital, but God. God sent me through a trial because he knew that I was going to come out of it greater 
and stronger and for you today who's going through situations and going through trials don't give the devil any credit but God is with you God is fighting for you Psalm 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear and whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, mine heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing have I desired from the Lord, and that one thing will I seek for, that I may dwell up in his house and inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble he shall hide me under his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set me upon a rock and now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy, and I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Why am I singing? Because he's going to hide me. Why am I shouting? Because he's going to protect me. I shall not fear. I shall not fear. Somebody in this building needs to open up your mouth and praise him for his protection. Though mine enemies are on every side, my heart shall not fear. Mine eyes shall be lifted. Someone thank God for that prophecy right now. My enemies wanted to destroy me, but I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going Staying all over the building. If you allow me two more minutes as the musicians come.
Please allow me to go back to my text. We left off reading. That Elijah ran out of fear for his life. The prophets of God were hidden amongst caves. And Elijah was hiding in a wilderness. So overcome by the spirit of fear. That he begged God. God, take my life. And he lays his head down and falls fastly asleep. You see, Jezebel and Balaam would have overthrown Israel if that's how the text ended. If he would have died in his dilemma, Balaam would have taken over from that point. But the Bible says that the angel of the Lord touched him and told him, arise and eat. For this journey that you are on is too great for thee. Each and every one of you in the building has the right to have fear. We're living in the last days, the time of uncertainty. Time of sickness. Living quarantined like a zoo. Not able to do normal life. But I hear the Lord saying, You're absolutely right. This journey is too great for you. The mountains that you're facing is too great for you to do by yourself. But the Lord is with you. 
the Lord. The food was a representation of the strength of God. The Lord wants to give you today strength to overcome the obstacle of fear. So I tell you today, children of God, it's time to come out of the caves. It's time to come out of hiding in fear. Please do not be so carnal that you think my message is based around COVID-19. But it's time to come out of fear of our sicknesses. It's time to come out of fear of living in depression for the rest of our lives. It's time to come out of fear of financial crisis. We got to replace fear with faith today. Don't let Jezebel silence you. In this building today, God told me in prayer that it was His will for every person in this building be set free from the spirit of fear by the time they leave this place. You're going to leave here set free this morning. You're going to leave here set free. There's freedom in the house right now. There's freedom in this house right now. There's freedom in this house right now. Would you just lift your hands for just a moment? I want to share a testimony with you today. And for the sake of of their personal lives, names will be left out. Someone tied very closely to me has been living in a financial crisis. Not knowing where the money was going to come from and fear was creeping in their life. 
this particular man, he's much older than most of you in the building. Much older. Him and his wife were coming down to their last dollar. And they decided, I'm going to go on a fast. And they called me and they told me about their fast. And I was just sharing with them some of my testimonies from how God hears our prayers. And I told them, I said, we're not going to live in fear. We're going to live in faith. And God is going to provide a financial miracle in your life. These two are up in their years of life. They went on a five-day fast with no food. They went five days believing for a miracle. They approached me this week and told me, Dylan, we opened up our mail today. You don't have to believe this if you don't want to. And there was a check for $15,000. I'm talking about a God that sees us through our dilemma and our circumstance. We will not live in fear anymore. We're going to live in faith. We're going to live in faith. Someone rejoice this morning. Someone rejoice this morning. Someone rejoice today. We're living in faith. We're living in faith today. I will not be drowned. We're living in faith. No more fear. There's a spirit shift in the building right now. Come on, make your way to this altar this morning. Lift your hands. Lift your hands and receive it. We're living in faith. We're breaking the chains of fear. Fear has no room. Oh, 
somebody, someone push forward today. The Lord is fighting for you in this room. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? too long this morning. It's okay. But I'm going to end this service like this. And I didn't tell him that he was going to do this, but I want Pastor to come this morning, if he would. I hope that you understand that I in, in no way would ever tend to embarrass anybody in this building. We all struggle with fear. And I'll be honest, there are times, Pastor, where we all struggle with depression and anxiety. People, life is hard. Come on, someone say, life is hard. Mom, life's not easy. But I'm going to have a pastor close us out today. And he is going to pray that there would be a release of freedom in a release of faith. There are six people in this room who are suffering from depression. And the Lord is going to lift it off of you this morning there are six people in here that God is going to release you from the spirit of depression and anxiety and there's about to be a wave of freedom and when he is done I'm going to ask you if you would let your worship go and don't worry about the time clock. And let's entertain what God is doing in this building today. 
The angel of the Lord is tapping some people on the shoulder today and is saying, get up. Get up with every prophetic word. There is always a required response on the part of the recipient. God is wanting to do something special for, for some folks today. But we've got to get up. We've got to get up. Lift your hands right now all over the building. By the power and authority of the Word of God, we release faith over this building right now. Lord, that depression would go, that fear and anxiety would go, that people would get up and come out of the cave of fear. There is a prophetic word resting upon the lives of individuals in this room that have been hidden for far too long in the cave of doubt and fear and despair. But today we're coming out of that cave of despair and fear and anxiety. And we're walking forth in faith by the authority of the Word of God and by the preaching of faith today. In the name of Jesus, let's rejoice in the Lord today. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That pain that God has delivered you from. You don't have to go back living in 